All right, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Renaissance Man, the late night, early morning edition of the WandaVision episode six, full spoiler and discussion review that we are about to get into. I'm putting this up on the screen right now because if you're here, you should be cool with spoilers because the episode just ended about 15 minutes ago. We're here to break all of it down theorize, dwell, and talk. I have a very special guest with me today. So everyone from your homes, please give a round of applause to friend of the show, Legoland. Welcome, welcome. Hey. What's going on? One episode. <laughs> that it was, that it was, that it was. Wild stuff. Um, I guess we should probably just get right into it. I'll say right off the bat, I'm a little confused. Were they going 90s or were they going 2000s? I mean, 90s, late 90s. I feel like it was uh, kind of going with the Malcolm in the Middle, which was 90s. Okay. The the intro credit struck me as somewhere between Malcolm in the Middle and uh, uh, Shameless. I don't know if you know the uh, – Yeah. you've ever seen the show Shameless but, on Showtime? Yeah, but uh, definitely a lot more – Malcolm in the middle with the um, camera and the kids talking to the viewers. Right, right. And so the reason that I brought it up was purely for the fact that it's in widescreen, right? So like yeah. they're not doing the box screen. Well, but, that a little while ago. Well, I know. But when they when they went when they go back to the lab, they're still watching it on square televisions. That's why I was like, is this like late two thousands? Where like they were in widescreen or is this still like a nineties thing? It was kind of difficult for me to tell, but you brought up a good point. Like Malcolm in the middle is like right there in the middle, like late nineties, early two thousands. So that kind of makes sense. But a lot of that also shot widescreen, but everyone was center screen. So they could crop out the extra to fit. Uh -huh. to I see that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Um, all right. So let's just get the fuck into the whole thing. What a wild show. What are your opening statements? <laughs> well, I would say we didn't especially advance the plot or our knowledge base very much. All we really did was expand the perimeter of the town, but other and we showed the kids getting powers, but other than that, we didn't really add any new information. This so to me, I agree with you in part. We already knew what Vision learned tonight, right? But I will add this. So there's been a lot of theories going around that who who Agnes is. And we finally learned tonight who Agnes is. She is just a person who was living her life. And then Wanda got into it, crept into her head. And now she's, you know, totally brainwashed by Wanda. A lot of people... I, you know, had heard chatter that she was going to be this villain or this Agatha Harkness character, right? Where I'm going, I think all those theories are out the window. I personally think her brother, Pietro, is the culprit, is the mastermind of what's going on and is, and is uh, the villain, if you will. He just hasn't revealed himself yet. What are your thoughts on that? I was thinking something along those lines, perhaps. Um... I do hope there is a an, another entity beyond Wanda that does seem like where the show is going from a narrative structure. And mm -hmm. I also think that would definitely improve the show if that's the case. Um, right. And I have heard people talk discussing about if this is the actual Pedro from the X-Men franchise or if it is a different person. Um, but to that end, I do think it's important to note whether or not he is like the actual Pietro or not. Um, that still does make the X-Men verse canon purely because it does have that Pietro's visage. Right. I agree. Unless it's just literally some random person that we later find out. But I think, I think X-Men, to be honest with you, so I wrote this down. So, Darcy Lewis had made that comment. We're going to kind of jump around a little bit. Darcy Lewis had made that comment to Monica that since she had been in there twice already, it had been changing her blood. It had been changing her blood and cell makeup, right? To me, that is the writing on the wall that 
the people and things that, that are getting sucked into this, this WandaVerse or whatever you want to call it, I think is how we're going to bring the mutants in. Yeah. Because uh, it's literally changing their DNA. Yeah, I was thinking it had radiation involved. The CMBR. Say that again. You froze up for a second. Sorry. I think it has to do, yeah, exactly. I think it has to do with the CMBR radiation that's slowly now expanding beyond the five mile radius of Westview. Right. Oh, yeah. And she's expanding fast. I, I also think that the next episode, we're going to, we're going to start seeing some superheroes pop up because everybody's sucked into this world now. So the, 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 uh, people that they had contacted in the previous episode, I think they've got no choice to show up personally. I don't know about you, but that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm still kind of hoping for Richard Reed and, uh, this is how we get the fantastic four. I think we're going to get it. I think uh, I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised at the end of the at the end of the season or the end of the series, if you will. But I I don't take it out of the the realm of possibility that you know maybe Doctor Strange does pop by in the next episode and shows up to try to figure out what the fuck's going on. So I think if he did, it would be a last episode or maybe a um, like a post credit scene to set sure. up. Um, the next Doctor Strange film. The Multiverse of Madness. By the way, welcome Matt and Weston and Joseph Ashley, everybody that's joining us right now. These, uh, it's four, it's like 4 a.m. Where, where Lego's at and it's like 3 a.m. where I'm at, but we're here, we're breaking it all down. Any questions that you guys have, feel free, throw them in the chat. We're definitely taking all the questions tonight. You can always streamlabs.com backslash Rob Fishback to support this channel, uh, but I know times are tough, so that's cool if you can't. But um, liking this video helps a lot, and commenting after the fact also does as well. What is Rolling Hill and Ellis mean? I wrote it down. I did, yeah. because she had made that comment to the kids earlier. She's like, don't go past Ellis, right? And yes. I am just so, you know, are those, do those names mean anything? Is it something that she made up? Is it, uh, is it just you know, like a part of the town, like the, you know, the end of the road. So, I mean, obviously that's where the perimeter was. I don't know if the street names have any significance that I don't know. I don't know either. And then like, that's the thing is like for every episode that we get, I feel like a few questions are answered and then they give us like 15 more questions. Does that make sense? For every five that they answer, they give us 15 new ones. It's like ridiculous. Um, but that being said, we've only got three episodes left. Technically there's word on the street. There's going to be a 10th surprise episode or whatever. I don't know what you, do you doubt that? Yeah, I doubt that. Like, why wouldn't they advertise that? I don't know. I really don't. Unless it's like a, like a two episodes the last week or something. Right. But I don't I mean, know. It could just be a really long last episode. It could be. It could be. Matt says, so Vision can only survive in the town. Well, that was my thought. That was my thought this whole time because she brought him back to life in this, in this like uh, incubator, if you will, right? So he can do whatever he can do in that town, but he has no recollection of his previous life. You know, he does, you know, what's an Avenger? That's what he said to, to Agnes. You know, she's like, oh, oh my God, you're Vision. You're one of the Avengers. And he's like, I'm Vision, but what, what's an Avenger? So to me, I think he can only survive in the town. Uh, I don't know what that was that was pulling him back, like parts of his body back in. Was that something that like Wanda, some sort of magical spell that Wanda had like previously set up to make sure that like he, he stayed, he stayed within the boundaries in case like he figured out how to leave or was that, what are your thoughts? So, I mean, I don't, really know like why he was being pulled back into town i don't know because i obviously that was not something wanda would seem to be aware of whatsoever her son had to tell her that that was happening um so there might be something bigger at work maybe that was something that happened before unaware or maybe because um hayward is apparently following vision 
Right. So we don't know why, and we don't know what's up with that. We don't know, um, you know, I think it was S.W.O.R.D. that had, or another government body that had had Vision's body for five years. Right. That Wanda stole it from. They had been, they had dismantled Vision. They had him in pieces before she took his, his body. We don't know him. Right. right. Who knows? I agree. Uh, so it's interesting. I'm still, like I said, I'm still trying to figure out some things with this whole uh, StreamYards thing, but I'm not getting all of the comments. I see them in the YouTube video, but I don't see them on here. So Weston says, Weston says, I think if he can only survive in the town, it's more to do with the other sources besides Wanda that brought him back. That would make sense. That would definitely make some sense. And I definitely think Pietro is a culprit of some sorts. Now, is he a mastermind? Is he just a villain that showed up? We, I literally have no idea, but when he made, when he went off on her and was like, your dead, you know, your dead husband can't die twice or whatever. And then she like casted him, you know, like threw him into the hay. To me, that was kind of like the writing on the wall that, all right, things are not what they seem. And she said it herself in the last episode, this wasn't me. I'm not the one doing this when he showed up. And I just don't, I just don't think, I don't think Disney is a business wise decision. I don't think Disney's going, yeah, you know what? We're not going to bring back the other actor that played Quicksilver. We're going to bring Evan Peters in. He's a name, blah, 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 blah. We're going to shoehorn him in the MCU. We might not even use any of the other X-Men, but this is what we're going to do. I don't think they would go about it that way. It just wouldn't make sense in my mind with all of the different characters that they could use and all the different actors, right? So to me, it's like, there's a reason he's there. There's a purpose that he's there. And I don't think it's to shoehorn the X-Men in. I think it's to confuse the audience with the Foxverse and kind of do one of those, this hand's doing this thing while the other hand, you know, watch this hand while the other one does something else. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't necessarily know if that was the intention. Um, sure. But... I do hope that they, I don't know, because the X-Men would be so difficult to put into this universe. I do think, though, if they wanted to, they could easily utilize the same actors and just have them be an alternate verse, even from the X-Men universe. Does that make sense? Like, mm -hmm. there's the X-Men universe, then just using the same actors, bring them into this universe, because... Um, People do like the actors, but I think we all recognize a lot of those movies were messes. They, I mean, they were incredibly bad, to, to be quite frank. But at the same time, I think a lot of those actors were checked out anyways. I don't think they're interested in joining. I don't think Fassbender is interested, per se, to join the MCU to play Magneto for the foreseeable future. I just I don't see that because he's he was Magneto 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Where I don't think I've seen him say anything about it other way. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I just that's just my feeling is that they've got Evan Peters in there to kind of do like almost like a magic trick. It's like, watch this, and then we're gonna turn it on its head. And it turns out Pietro is so and so, you know, disguising him disguising himself as Quicksilver, right? But then I also think that would be such a waste. Of Evan Peters. Of a can, of a can, yeah. Like that would be yeah. such an absolute waste. Yeah, I mean, I get, and then I get also your... building up audience expectation to hear just yeah. to automatically let them down a few episodes later. That right. would not go over well. Right. No, I, I can understand. I can understand that. I'm uh, I'm watching the I'm watching the live chat on the YouTube replay because, like I said, it's being goofy for me in Streamlabs. But uh, Matt says, uh, okay, only Vision can survive in the town, right? Um, do, 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 I'm glad he asked where the, where are the kids came from, even though she didn't answer. Exactly. Exactly. Cause that is very interesting. Um, the youngest looking senior citizen since Benjamin Button, who is the, the youngest looking senior citizen? I since Benjamin? About Pietro. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he right. was born in the seventies or not Maybe. he was born in the sixties because we meet him in the seventies. Right. Yeah. Joseph Ashley says, so if vision, if vision leaves, he dies. So she explained this world dome. So she expanded this world dome. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that's, 
that's, I think, why she's doing it. That and wrath. I truly think she is full of wrath right now because she came out and was like, do not fuck with me. This is your warning. Do not fuck with me. Let me have my world. Leave me the fuck alone. And they didn't. So now they're they're feeling her wrath. And she's just going to start to unleash these powers that I don't even know if she... I believe she fully has control over them right now. But I, I also think maybe there's a point where she doesn't have full control of her powers because she becomes even more powerful than she currently is. Well, okay, I just wanted to mention that I did think it was really hilarious that she turned all the sword agents into circus people. Mm -hmm. Just on a side. I thought that was humorous. Um, as it pertains to what she has or doesn't have control over, so that's where it hits like a bump for me that I find very bothersome. Um, like, it, at the beginning, clearly seemed like she was very confused by what was happening, but she was at a level of comfort from where she was feeling before she was at Westview. She said specifically she felt alone, empty, nothingness before all this started. And in the first episodes, we see her fully engaged in her persona. Uh -huh. And that slowly starts to fall apart. And we see her getting confused over that. Like when um, Jimmy Wu uh, tries to speak to her over the radio in the second episode, she seems legitimately confused, not worried that people are going to realize what she's doing. She's, she doesn't understand what's happening. When she pushed Monica Rambeau out through the fourth wall, um, she, when she looked back, she looked like she didn't know why there was a hole there. There's a big difference between actively doing wrong and then realizing this has already been happening around her and she may or may, may not be responsible for it. And she, I mean, she literally dissociated from with that reality. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously her powers helped her do that, but that's not fully her. And the conversation around the show, I find really bothersome as it pertains to like mental illness. You can't blame someone for something if they're not fully aware of what they're doing. That's that to me is just so, so very wrong. And for I, like, I've seen comments saying that, you know, Wanda needs to die. It's like, really calm down like that's extreme she, like yes she may or may not be doing something wrong but i think that's why vision is so important and i think this show will end fairly anticlimactically and that may or may not disappoint people if there's not a bigger villain because we've already seen wanda go from like the villain to good to do that all over again would be kind of lazy and going over ground we've already tread before so I think to do that again would just not be great. So I do you know, hope there is something else, maybe not manipulating, but maybe, well, maybe not manipulating, but taking advantage of the situation that's happening. Sure. And I don't know who that, that villain would be. There's a lot of different names floating around, but I, I do hope there's something bigger out there because I mean, to go into the female hysteria trope, it's just not necessary in 2021. It wasn't necessary 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and it definitely isn't necessary now. Rant right. done. I, I, I love it. I love it. Uh, oh, I'm echoing. Echoing. Am I echoing? Um, you were for about a second, but now it's kind of normal. Okay, good. Um, no, I'm still echoing. I, I, I can't figure this out. Anyways, okay, moving forward. So, Matt in the comments makes a great point. He says, I don't think she knows she's changing people's body chemistry. I agree with that 100% because I don't think Wanda is an evil person. I think she is somebody who lost her husband, is very distraught and completely heartbroken over it. And due to her superpowers, possibly conjured up this world to try to live out these these fantasies and these dreams of having a happy life with vision. I don't think she's truly an evil person. So if she knew she was changing people's blood chemistry, I think it would be a different conversation. Cause that's another thing. She got her powers from the mind stone, right? Correct. So does the mind stone create, you know, CMBR radiation? 
like the radiation that caused the creation of the universe. I, I can see know. the space dome doing that. Sure. That, that plays, that plays into the bigger question. No, you're right. That plays into the bigger question of who is controlling this because I don't think Wanda is totally in control of everything that's go going on because they do all the, they cut to all these close-ups of her face in this past episode where she looked yeah. like she was also learning like the people in the town were. Does that make sense? She's yeah, learning that's what I was saying earlier. slowly as well, for sure. hundred percent. Um, so as, all right. I mean, once again, I'm a big fan of the MCU, not a comic book reader per se at all. It haven't been since I was like 10. Um, and as a white dude, right. My perspective is this is great. This is highly entertaining, but my perspective has been heard. I know you have some takes on the show as a whole, the, the arcs of the show. I'm giving you here this, this ample opportunity to lay it all out on the table. So, I mean, there's like a lot of little things. Um, we learned last episode that, uh, like I said earlier, Wanda had gotten Vision's body, right? Okay, and there's later in the episode, we see Sparky has died. And one of the twins, I think it was Tommy, really bad with names, um, asks Wanda to fix the dead. And she says, I can't do that. Is no matter, even though it hurts so much, like there's some things you just can't change. And I noticed a lot of people really kind of did the, oh, really? But you brought Vision back. So, so I went on the Marvel website and I looked up specifically what words they use. Vision is an android. He is a vibranium-infused synthetic body. Bringing back, turning on a computer that's broken isn't the same as bringing a dead person back to life. We've all seen Pet Cemetery. Sometimes dead is better. So I think that is part of the reason that we don't see the Pietro we know from this universe back. I think that's one of the reasons that we get at least the visage of the other Pietro by Evan Peters. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. But the, the bigger thing, again, is just the conversations around the show that have just really been problematic again going back to like female hysteria but that is the content in the show and i get why people might be confused but we don't need another crazy lady story and you can look at what they did with thor thor and wanda have both lost so much thor didn't go dark side thor had bad depression and to be honest i don't think the mcu visualized that very well per se but a lot of people liked it and that's cool um but they in in the in the context of the film, they did specifically make fun of him, and that's not great. I think if they just removed that dialogue, it would have been fine. Um, in terms of this show, ah, man, like they just they don't need to go that route. They really, really don't, and I really hope they don't. But also, people just going, "Yep, Wanda's evil. Yep, Wanda's a bad guy." If you're watching something. Not this is not a comic book thing. This is just TV shows are formulaic. There's a certain pattern they fall. There's only so many ways you can tell a story. If you're watching something and the military like shoot first, ask questions later, I'm gonna wave my little DE energy around. Um, is saying the same thing you're saying. Yeah, if, if you agree with that person, you're probably wrong because that character is never right. If you're watching something and the characters that you're following, which in this case are going to be Monica Rambeau, Jimmy Woo, and Dr. Darcy Lewis, because she's a doctor and we should give her that title. Um, if you're following them and the characters you're following, they're saying something, you should probably get on board with what they're saying because they're probably going to be right. And then as it pertains to the show, in episode three, you know, Monica Rambeau says it's it's Wanda. It's all Wanda. At the end, Wanda says, I have everything under control. Well, there are nine episodes. They're not going to reveal everything in episode three. Let's watch Pup Named Scooby-Doo. Say it with me. Red herring. Red herring. Red herring. Red herring. Exactly. So, um, 
I, I want to hear more, but I'm going to quickly interject a few things. For one, it's the same thing with music. You know, there's only so many notes. So it's like, yeah, no shit. A lot of songs sound similar. There are three chords and a chorus. It's just like television, right? So I get that. And what's fun is that the good ones still do the same trick. They just do it in an, a new and interesting way that you may or may not have seen or heard before, right? And I think that that's what they're doing with this show because once again, the first two episodes I thought were mildly entertaining. Okay, this is going somewhere, right? And then three got better, four got better, five got better. Here we are at six and I'm going, I'm in, I'm totally invested in this show. Like I, for the first, for the first time yet, I can't wait for next week. Last week it was like, all right, it'll be here in a week. But now I can't wait for the next one. I'm so excited to get the next episode. And then I'll also add this to your comment about Thor and Endgame. From somebody who has suffered from depression, you know, multiple times in his life, it, it is a lot darker than they portrayed it in Endgame. You know, the reason he put all that weight on, there, there's a lot more stuff psychologically going on in Thor's brain than is yeah. than is laughed about with the with the bit with with him and his buddies playing video games, right? But at the same time, I do think they did a pretty decent job at addressing what the ramifications of that would be, which would be, you know, fat Thor and living in the darkness and he's drinking beer all the time and all that kind of stuff. So to your point with the whole crazy woman trope, for lack of a better word, you know, at first I was like, well, who cares? Like, let, you know, just let the show play out. But you, along with somebody else that we know and a few other people I, I've, he I've heard are all in agreement, and from the female perspective that like, why, why do they have to go this way? It's 2021. Like, can't we do something else? Now I get it. I truly do. After this week, it's like, after what we saw with her pushing the boundaries of this, you know, world that she's got and pushing it out there. It's like, man, they really are playing into that trope. And I trust Kevin Feige enough and the team at Disney and at Marvel that they're not just going to drop the ball and just leave it that way, that there will be definitely some either redemption or, hey, gotcha, Wanda's been brainwashed this whole time by Mephisto or whomever's controlling this. You get what I'm saying? To like try to like redeem the fact that that's how a lot of people, especially women, feel right now. That it's like, finally, we get this awesome female-led show. I mean, I know it's a co-show, but like, she's more in it than Vision is, I guess. And this is the route they're going to go with it. This, this, you know, woman's wrath, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, the, the MCU has really dropped the ball as it pertains to female characters. I think I did a phenomenal job with like Captain Marvel, but obviously there was, again, the outside conversation regarding that film wasn't particularly positive, unfortunately. Right. Um, I love that movie. That's one of my favorites in the MCU. And then uh, there's the whole thing with Black Widow. That's, that's a whole black widow is a whole nother conversation. So I, I do want to pull this up. Uh, Glenn Caesar says, yeah. and yes, the mind stone does give off CMBR. So that's interesting. That actually answered like a really big question. I was having Glenn. Yeah. And he also says, I think there's another entity that is operating behind the scenes to amplify her known powers and capitalize on her powers, which she is currently unaware of. Right. And I think Pietro directly plays into that comment that you're making that we're also kind of thinking there's something going on here right uh and a picture just fell off my wall that's fucking weird it's the entity that's the entity sorry continue lego i'm just reading through the comments right now uh so i was gonna say i don't necessarily it doesn't even necessarily need to be someone taking advantage of her pain like i could just see her just like being in pain and accidentally kind of beginning to start this and maybe a power someone more powerful taking advantage of what she was already doing and elevating that uh -huh. to a higher degree um yeah. i think someone asked something about the kids in the chat and yeah, i just want to go back to what pietro said that maybe they were just in their room sleeping because we do know agnes had said in the last episode 
kids are impossible to control no matter how hard you try takes a drink right right so wait a second i have a theory and it okay. just kind of popped into my head where did these kids come from i literally have no idea i mean like i said i think they were just probably in their beds sleeping although no. i mean is that going to cause like physical issues because like if you're in a if you're in a coma for three days you're going to start to feel like muscular atrophy well like how about all those people on the outskirts of town like in that cul-de-sac when vision was walking up they're all just like frozen right um and that's a very good point but my what i'll add to that is so all right let's just let's just play into the fact that all right this is how they're bringing the x-men in right yeah. i'm gonna for sake of you know explaining things we're gonna evan peters it's a joke. It's not from the Fox verse. It's whatever. Right. So we're going to start fresh with the, with the mutants. It would make sense because it's changing their DNA and their blood being inside this world. Right. But then also what did we, I mean, the, the writings on the wall, look at all the kids. They would be the mutants that would grow up to be some of the people that, that we're familiar with from the X-Men, at least in my mind, once again, as somebody that doesn't read comic books, it's like, that would make sense. They're all children. They're going to go to the school for the gifted eventually, um, right? I was on a little different. So I okay. think that um, the force field mm -hmm. is just going to blow. And then anyone who already had the X gene, that's going to now come out. But it's going to be global. It's not just going to be Westview. Okay. So, oh, that's right. I think we had talked about that last week when you were still. I think it's gonna, they're just end up gonna making. They're gonna end up making the force field kind of more like the Terrigen mists. So it's gonna be a little bit more akin to like the Inhumans' powers, uh -huh. the X Men's origin story. Uh -huh. um, I think it's gonna be something like that. But again, I don't know. Just a just a theory. But that's what's fun. I mean, you know, and I, I sound like a hypocrite because, like, I speculation sometimes is just like speculation, and it's just like dead air as far as I'm concerned, but especially with this kind of stuff, it is fun to speculate because we're getting direct results week by week, right? Where we can be proved right or proved wrong. I'm going to pull up a few more comments here. Glenn also says, hence another entity that is operating behind the scenes to amplify her known powers and capitalize on her currently unknown powers, reality warping hex magic. That makes a lot of sense, Glenn. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Matt, Matt says, why was Agnes trying to find the town square? I don't know. Now, I'm convinced she is just a civilian that has no idea what's going on. But at the same time, maybe we're all wrong. a lot of interesting dialogue. Like, a lot of characters will say things like, it's hard to leave, it's hard to escape a small town. Sure. Or uh, they'll, they'll reference kind of things subtly. Agnes is, like, her comment about the children last week, they're impossible to control no matter how hard you try. There are certain things Agnes says, like she pointed out Dottie and said Dottie's in control of everything. Um, There's certain things Agnes says that do seem to be a little bit more suspicious, I will say. So I get why people think there's something more there. Right, for sure. Yeah, I definitely would say so. And then I'll pull this up as well um, because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, she could just be, you know, she knows what's going on and she got caught by vision. So she was just playing, playing ignorant. Yeah, that's um, right. Exactly. So Joseph says vision asked why these only kids here and other questions last episode, maybe Wanda made them to stop arguing. Uh, I'm so trying to put together. Said yes. everything, everything. It's been said everything there is real. Um, I don't think she found a town that didn't have any children. And if she did, man, I need to move there. Um, so I think these <laughs> were just like in, like locked in their rooms, like, I don't know, disappointment kids or something in the 18th century. That's depressing. That's a really weird analogy, but, um, you went, you went dark fast, buddy. I did so fast and I didn't so recover fast. well at all. No, it's all good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think they were just hiding. But I mean, obviously, the kids are in this episode because of what Vision mentioned last episode. Clearly, like she and when he comes downstairs in his costume and references, and she says, "Thank you for wearing this," and he says, "Well, it was the only thing there." 
because they don't have any new clothes. Like in the first episode, we see Wanda goes from that uh, Sokovian uh, really nice white dress and she snaps her fingers and changes into the like a nicer, you know, uh, less inappropriate dress. Um, I, I think that kind of, they did that to kind of reference Bewitched, but also that does foreshadow that they're not wearing different clothes every day. She's just rewriting reality every single night. Well, yeah, because when Vision came down the series, he goes, this was the only thing in the, in the closet. And I want to mention those, from what I do know about comics and comic book drawings, those costumes that they were wearing for Halloween were a lot more accurate to what they looked like back in the day in the comic books. Yeah. Is, am I correct on that? They were fucking awesome. Those those costumes were so cool. I really, really, really enjoyed those. Um, Glenn also says perhaps Agnes is another magic user, possibly. Uh, by the way, Wesson says also Lego hates kids. Confirmed. Is that true? You just don't confirmed. like kids at all. Confirmed, no. I can I can do them. I can do like my six year old nephew. I can hang out with him once in a while for a few hours, and then it's like, okay, go. Go away now. Go 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 away. I'm I'm gonna go back to doing my adult thing. I've I've lived I've lived this life since I was a small child. I've I've not yeah. I've, you know I'm not a man child. I'm just I've always been in my head an adult, and then I just slowly grew into that body. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, hundred uh, percent. Glenn says, "Who was trying to escape? Get the reinforcements, Doctor Strange." That. That would make sense. Uh, yeah, um, I do think he'll show up in like the last episode as like a an end cap um, to set up multiverse of madness because I'm we do know WandaVision's going to be in that. But right. again, I'm really really hoping for Richard Reed because I love I, the Fantastic Four. I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised, and John Krasinski is just going to come like walking into the building, going, "You called," and then everybody's just going to like openly sob in just like straight up fucking joy that it's like finally john krasinski is in the mcu ladies and gentlemen this is i'm gonna be shaking my head horribly disappointed if he's not no if he is i don't want him to be richard reed reed richards why who do you want to be um i he's fine you know i think don chow would be amazing or joe Um, There's so many good actors out there who aren't John Krasinski. (laughs) I know, I know. I'm I'm mainstream Rob. You got to remember, like I'm all I'm all about that. That's that's one of my nicknames. I think we're the inverse. I'm like nega Rob. Yeah, for sure. That's the Um, Pilgrim versus the World reference. I've never seen that movie. I just I saw it recently for the first time. I know. I know. Richard Reed, I think, is coming as well, just perhaps not as quickly as we're thinking, hoping. I don't know if he typed that wrong or he's riffing on the bit. I'm really bad with names. I admit to that. I will not pretend otherwise. I'm not I'm not living in a fantasy world. It's all terrible good. with names. It's I think I always good. call I, half of the time I always call him by his son's name. It's terrible. What's his son's name? See, now I can't think of it. So I've been calling him by the right name, which is the wrong name. The right name, the wrong name. So uh, there's a few other things that I did want to add, and then I'd love to hear more from you. Um, So the Yo Magic commercial, which to me was some sort of a blend between Gogurt and Hawaiian punch ads. Yeah, and so the quote was, or the, the tagline for the ad was, it's the snack for survivors. Yo Magic. I mean, the guy's on an island. Okay, so I get the direct reference. But to me, Yo Magic is like the snack for survivors. To me, that's really sane. Now, we got the Hydra ads the first few episodes, and then they've kind of changed. They've kind of gone away from the Hydra ads. But to me, it's like that's that's a real good Easter egg or writing on the wall, whatever word you want to use, that – using magic is the snack is, is, is the way for survivors, somebody like Wanda to get by, to, to move forward, right. By using magic. So I don't know what your take is on the commercial, but I thought it was, I thought it was the best commercial yet out of all the episodes, to be quite honest. I 
it was interesting because it is so different. There's a, a theory that the man and woman we've been seeing throughout the commercials are Wanda and Pietro's parents. I kind of like that idea. Um, with this one, it, there was a shark. I know they're trying to do like an, a 90s commercial. Um, the kid was on an island. I mm -hmm. don't know what that's in reference because I don't feel like they're they're already getting into what she's going through now. I mean, the last thing we saw was Lagos. Mm -hmm. I feel like this has to be in reference to something else that's happened. Like, um, you know, her being used by for her powers by the Avengers or, or something like that. Well, or me, To me, the island is just kind of, an, you know, an allusion to the fact that she feels like she's like all alone stranded on an island, right? And it works as a marketing ploy because if it's the snack for survivors, right? And the guy's on the island by himself, like Tom Hanks and Castaway. Also, He's a survivor. You know, it, it's not able to open the pack and access that. And he starves to death. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's that's a very good point. By the way, uh, Glenn says, Franklin Richards. Yes, is his I saw that. Franklin Richards. So, Thank you, Glenn. So bad great. with names. That's what's great about this show. Help from the chat. Uh which you always did, and now you're here. So, <laughs> See, now, your, now you know what happens when I don't have Google. Working your way up. Oh, a little peek behind the curtain. Okay, a little, little bit of Google action going on. Yeah. Glenn says Franklin Richards is not the only one who becomes Kang, but Franklin is Omega yeah. level and incredibly powerful, including reality know. warping, reality creating powers, among other things. I'm really getting I'm really getting into the whole Wanda family. Um, they seem to be really cool. And now that I'm starting to learn about Reed Richards and the Fantastic Four, because the Jessica Elba film taught us nothing, neither did the reboot, the Fantastic Four. What? Okay, what? I agree with the set the reboot. Yeah. The first one was fine, but like it didn't it didn't teach me anything about this kind of stuff. I never knew that they were gonna, you know, have children and all those sorts of things. But I will say this, the, the 2005 version of Fantastic Four, it's a fine movie. I saw it's it in the fine. theater, saw it's it in the theater, rewatched it like five years ago. I was stoned. It was like two in the morning. And I'm like, this movie is not bad. It's not good, but it's not bad. It's fine. The sequel, however, I worked at a movie theater when the sequel came out and I watched that. Oh, welcome. So I just, I love Silver Surfer and Doug Jones was such a good person to be the the body of him. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously Doug Jones is just kind of perfect, but yeah. I really hope that they utilize him again whenever they do Silver Surfer. And I really hope they do Silver Surfer pretty soon. I mean, don't it, rush it, but like, yeah. Once again, I'm going to say this one last time. This is all the fucking reasons upon why Black Widow needs to premiere on Disney Plus in May and get these fucking 2020 movies out as fast as possible because you want to see Silver Surfer. Rob wants to see the X-Men. We've still got Captain Marvel 2, Black Panther 2, a Wakanda series, Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, She-Hulk, right? Shang-Chi, The Eternals, Spider-Man 3, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Thor 4. Doctor Strange too. We've got to get through all this, you know. I mean, I don't really know if it's necessary for Black Widow to come out because I don't know. I don't know if that's really going to give any information for a lot of those movies. I'm sure they could switch the order. Like, I feel like you could probably drop Eternals, and Eternals is not going to have anything to do with what's happening in Black Widow. See, I well, no, but see, I feel Eternals is going to be setting up a bunch of stuff in Phase Four. I think, per, yeah. like, don't take this the wrong way. I don't want to. But get I don't, what I'm saying is, I don't think Black Widow is. I, I think no, I don't. I don't at all. I don't want to get canceled for this. What I'm about to say because it, it's, you know, it is what it is. To me, Black Widow is very similar to like Ant Man and the Wasp, and some other movies that we've gotten within the MCU in the last few years, where in between these big, like, pieces, right, we get these kind of like fun, fluffy action adventure movies. That like Ant-Man and the Wasp, none of that movie was important other than introducing the quantum realm, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer, and then the mm -hmm. final post-credit scene where the timeline-wise they lined up with the snap. That was it. That was 
all that was needed out of that film. Whereas, and I feel it's the same way with Black Widow. Are they probably going to be passing the baton to Florence Pugh? Probably so. Are we going to get a few things in that movie that kind of flesh out Black Widow's character arc and her story? Probably so. But does Why that the fuck it takes, what's that? Then would it matter because she's dead? Doesn't matter at all because it takes place exactly. pre-Infinity War, post-Civil War. Why didn't you put the fucking movie out in 2017 then, kids? I don't understand. But see, I'll I'll, I'll help you out, Rob. I'll, I'll make it worse. I fully don't care about the Black Widow movie. You just don't Why? care about Whatsoever. I'm, I'm probably not even going to watch it. Really? I'll read a review. I don't <laughs> like the character. It's, it's it's the writer's fault. I mean, I think Black... I, it's Scarlett Johansson. I mean, she's got the acting chops, for Christ's sake. You know, like, out of all the actors in the MCU, she's one of the better actors. Like, no, you don't think so? Not a big Scarlett uh, fan? Yeah, I just think that her the characters just... they I, I hate that you have... It's the same problem with Batman. You're putting a, a human being who doesn't have any powers next to literal gods. And you expect me, me to believe that they keep up. And I'm just eh, annoyed by that. And, oh, man, I don't, I'm not big on heist movies. Okay. So hit or miss for me anyway. Uh, or espionage movies in general. And then there was this whole thing in, which is, this is not her fault. This is not character's fault. This is probably a Joss Whedon's fault. But there was a line of dialogue in, um, Ultron, that, oh man, it was one of the most cringy lines I've ever heard. From Black <laughs> Widow. In the 20th century. What? From Black Widow, or just in general? Yeah. From, yeah. from Black Widow. And, but once they put that in there, it made that a really important part of the character. Now that has to be an important part of the character. Right. And that makes me not like the character. The other thing I'll add to is that, you know, Thor The Dark World, not a great movie. Uh, having to recast Incredible Hulk, eh, having to recast Ter Terrence Howard into Don Cheadle, eh. They're not perfect. The MCU's not perfect by any means, but they're like, they're an A minus. Like, they're, they've done a really good job at giving, right? I know a lot of people didn't love Captain Marvel or Guardians 2. I thought they, I thought Guardians 2 was great. I thought Captain Marvel was a really good movie. I didn't think it was amazing or groundbreaking. But I will say this. I think now we're going to start to see Disney have not full misses, but like possible misses. Does that make sense? Like it, they're not, they're not totally sticking the landing. It's like 75% sticking the landing kind of here and there because there's no way you can sustain the next 10 years and not fuck something up because to me they've already fucked up black widow they should have put that movie out three four years ago before infinity war now there's obviously a reason why they didn't so that's the only reason that i'm really intrigued in the movie at all other than like fomo right because it's going to drop and everybody's going to want to watch it um and fauci's out or biden said today that Everybody, vaccines will be available to everybody by July, right? Uh, so that puts okay. us a couple of months, you know, and Fauci's talk in April. I uh, said today that by April, vaccines will be available to everybody. So to me, it's like if I'm Disney going, well, that May release date, we would definitely have to push to July anyways. So just put it on Disney Plus because the longer they hold up all these other movies, I think doubles their chances at having misfires because I think the opposite. you think the, like just having like a big flood I mean, in 2022, like a, just a flood of all this Marvel shit. I mean, honestly, that just gives them more time to work on things. I mean, sure. usually stuff that when things go wrong, it's cause, Hey, we need this by May. Good luck. But I mean, this movie was done being filmed a year and a half ago. Like yeah. I, I uh, well, that's what I'm not saying I'm not necessarily talking about this movie. I'm talking about the ones that are in the works now. Sure, sure. And to be honest with you, I mean, 2020, I think we gave them enough time to come up with a 10-year plan. I think they should have 10 years of film and television completely fleshed out at this point because they got a whole year off. 
but they've got it. Yeah. Great why team. the NCAA kind of works so well because they do actually plan. They're like Motown <laughs> records. Star Wars. Yeah, I know. I, I've always compared the last few years the MCU to uh, Motown. So Motown record founded by Barry Gordy in the you know early 60s, right? They knew how to crank out hits. They hired the musicians to play all the backing tracks, right? They got they came up with all these great um, you know, singing groups, the Temptations and the Four Tops and the Supremes. And they had songwriters. They were all these and then the marketing and the business. There were like all these little different subsects of Motown records that when you combined all of it, it number one hit after number one hit. I mean, that was the early to mid 60s. It was the British invasion and Motown. That's what stood at the top of the charts because they were a well-oiled machine. To me, the MCU is the same way. It's a very well-oiled machine. And Kevin Feige, similar to Barry Gordy, has all of these different sectors that are working in tandem with one another to create a final product that is not only going to make money, but it's going to do well with critics and it's going to do very well with audiences and sell merchandise, which is where you're going to make a lot more money. So I just, like I said, though, I am a little fearful that by stopping the train for as long as they have and then starting it up again and just having content after content after content coming out without the three, four month breaks that we were used to getting with the MCU. I think they'll still have the breaks. You still think we'll have the breaks or you are between Disney plus and the movies. It's just going to be constant content. Like they're going to have constant content on Disney plus this whole year with Loki and Falcon and Winter Soldier, correct? Well, I think, okay, so to be clear, I do think the what they're doing on uh, streaming is going to be very different than what they're doing with, like, what they're doing with the TV shows is going to be different than what they're doing with the movies. I think the movie format schedule will remain the same, and I think as it pertains to the TV shows, they'll be scheduled around um, what information is going to be necessary for what movie. Right. No, and I agree with that. I just And I, I'm just combining the two. So it's like you're never really getting any time off, which is fine, but it's like, how do I phrase this? If I, you know, I don't know about you, but for me, it's like, if I, if I eat a hamburger once a month and I go to a good place, that has got decent hamburgers, right. And I get ham- a hamburger with everything on it, except for cheese. Cause I don't like cheese and a side of fries. I'm going to scarf that thing down. And I'm like, man, this tastes amazing. But if I have hamburger three days a week, it's like, I'm going to go that hamburger was eh. That was fine. I really like that hamburger that I had three days ago or the place that I'm going to tomorrow. I'm really excited about that one to where that's how we were getting the MCU before. It's like Ant-Man and the Wasp. I loved that movie because it was a Marvel movie and it and I'm their built in audience. So I enjoyed it. But if it came out two weeks after Falcon and Winter Soldier had ended and I'm all hyped up about that. And it came out three weeks before the next MCU show and two months before the next Spider-Man movie, I'm going to go, all right, it was fine. It was was fine, but I'm really excited about what's coming out next week. Now I'm a diehard fan. You bring in the casual fans. I think that's, that's, kind of what I'm trying to drive home. And I know I'm kind of beating a dead horse here, but I guess that's what my point is for the casual fan that might not catch all the movies, but knows what's going on kind of sort of to get all of this content. If they don't decide to drop black widow on digital, same with the eternals to your point. Um, you know, they might pass on this or that because they're going to go see Spider-Man three. They're going to go see, you know, Black Panther 2 or whatever have you. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Because like with, with that, I'm not sure if it necessarily matters because they're going to, a casual fan will just watch the one they're interested in. And I don't think it matters when it's released. They were only ever going to just watch the one they were interested in. So like I said, I don't plan on watching Black Widow because I really just don't care that much. And also with these shows and these films, they're all really different. And it's not like we're seeing the same characters in all of them. There are so many different characters at this point that they're so different. It's like watching, you know, I'm going to go watch, you know, this heist movie with like an Ant-Man. Then I'm going to go watch space movie with like Captain Marvel or um, Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. 
and they're they're so different and so removed for each other. There's you know tonal tonally you know they all have the kind of MCU vibe, but they're different enough that it's not like you're getting bombarded with that same hamburger every day. Sure. It's like maybe it's like different topping, different flavor. It's a barbecue but, bacon burger versus a you know a, a, a no a meatless burger that's made out of vegetable patties, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would even say they're a little more more different than that, but yeah, yeah, basically. Well, and that's I mean, you do make you do bring up a great point. Like Captain Marvel and Guardians of the Galaxy, though they both take place in space, are very different films. And I think, and same with Thor, right? Thor, well, all three Thor movies are very different films, which that's a different conversation for a different day. But that's also what, like that, but that's also why they work. That's why I'm still excited about it. But once again, I'm, they've already got my money. Like they're, they, they might as well just have access to my bank account because I'm going to go see all these movies. Um, I think it was, here, let's see. Uh, Wesson brought up a, interesting comment. He said, most people will be pretty forgiving in 2022 due to so little content in this pandemic. That's true. I'm just, once again, and economics and everything else, I always just bring all that to the table that it's like, just put put Black Widow out on streaming. Put the Eternals out on streaming. Let's move forward. You know what I mean? um, I know Disney's like the biggest studio, but they're not the only studio. And there are a lot of studios that are sitting on a lot of movies. So I, they're all going to be having to work around the schedules. And also, theaters are not going to be opening to full capacity this For year. year. No, yeah. not at all. So, um, I mean, it's and some of these theaters, will they even open back up? Are there going to be significant less theaters, as well as being significantly hindered in how many people can go inside of them? And I don't um, think- hours are going to be open and so many other you know things to look right. at. I don't think we know the full ramifications at all yet. To be completely sure. honest, the fact that AMC was was able to to fund themselves enough money to scoop by the next couple of months is a miracle in itself. Unfortunately, that is still going to be a time clock that's ticking and is slowly running out. Let alone Cinemark, let alone all, you know Re- what happened with Regal and all of these other places, and then even down to you know in downtown Chicago, like all of the small independently owned theaters and music venues as well that you know, rely on, you know, an Alfred Hitchcock festival or a Humphrey Bogart festival. And like, that's kind of their main drag and that's how they bring their money in. What, you know, what's going to happen with them? We don't know. And those are all excellent points. So unfortunately, 2022, fortunately in 2022, we're going to be getting tons of content, no matter what. Unfortunately, it's going to probably become a pick and choose situation because money, because time, right? And you made a great point. You said all these studios are sitting on tons of movies. And it's like Warner Brothers to me shook the fucking shook the bedroom. And, you know, hey, we're going to put these out in the theater and on streaming at the same time. It's like awesome. Now you're not going to have to compete with all these other movies. Now, box office wise, that's different. Like, these movies are going to make significantly less money, but I mean, compete in terms of press. I mean, compete in terms of trending on Twitter. I mean, compete in terms of people like ourselves doing YouTube reviews, right? If there were two other movies that came out tonight, I would have had to have picked, well, do I review WandaVision or do I review this other thing, right? To where in the old days, they would never have multiple blockbusters coming out within the same two, three weeks, because to your point, they got to space them out. Whereas now I'm afraid it wouldn't necessarily be blockbusters, but you're kind of middle of the road films, you know, your mid mid range budget, your 65 to a hundred million dollars. You might get two or three of those a week. And see, that, I don't think that either. I think, think they're going that either? To, no, I think they're going to have to really alter the distribution plan. Cause as I said, we're not going to be opening theaters to full capacity. Movies are going to have to stay. If they want to be profitable, they're going to have to look at, how long they're going to stay in the theater. And I think they're going to look at like what Tenet did. Movies are going to have to go back to how they were in the eighties and being in the theater for like three months. Like you, right. and they're going to have to make deals to make theaters are going to have to make sure it's profitable for them. Studios are going to have to make sure it's profitable for them. And I think they're going to have to make a deal when it comes to on the theater side, 
um, you know, regarding VOD and distribution there as well. And that's going to get very complicated in 2022. It's going to get very, I don't envy anybody that has to figure all that out right now. I don't envy them at all. Um, this has been a lot of fun. We're going to wrap things down here in a minute. I'm reading through some of the comments right now. Uh, welcome Garth. I see you're here watching the show now. Welcome. Welcome. Um, and everybody else that has been joining us tonight, you guys bring awesome comments, thoughts, and ideas to the table, and we greatly appreciate it. Uh, Lego, do you have any final closing thoughts? Do you have any speculation, anything, hopes and dreams? Now's I mean, the time. Like I just said, really hoping for Reed Richards in the next few episodes, hopefully. For sure, for sure. All right. Well, this has been our WandaVision episode six full spoiler review and discussion. I'm going to throw that because I can do it. I'm going to throw that back up on the screen. This has been a blast. Uh, you can find me everywhere at Rob Fishbeck and on Instagram at Rob underscore Fishbeck. Please do me a favor. Hit that like button. It really helps with the algorithms. And if you guys stick around after the video or tomorrow when you wake up and you're in bed and you're on your phone, leave a comment. It can be anything for the algorithms, thoughts, opinions, hopes, and dreams on WandaVision episode seven, anything MCU related. Let's talk. We will be doing this again next week. Very excited for episode seven of the show. And uh, we'll see y'all soon. Take it easy.